Good? Okay, I guess we're live. Awesome. Um, I almost have to take a sigh of relief. This is finally happening. Um, so this has been a six-month thing in the, uh, planning the process from when I started um, taking over. Um, this has, there was a, an initial um, effort to get this launched uh, in about uh, January to February of 2020. Unfortunately, there was a little thing called COVID that started in March 2020. Um, so kind of put the brakes on getting things, getting people in, uh, in person and having events. So what Out in Tech is, is a national organization that's been around for several years. They have many chapters, about 25 of them, in five different countries. We are actually one of the first in the Southeast. I do know that there's a small Atlanta chapter. I don't know much about them, but there, there is one there. But we are the first one in the Southeast. So at first, we were going to be Out in Tech Charlotte, but might as well just go ahead and say Out in Tech Carolinas. So uh, just go ahead and spread the love over the Carolinas. So what they do, what Out in Tech does, is, is the organization that provides a safe place for people to be themselves that have a technology skill set. That could be anywhere in the underbelly. That could be in finance, that could be in software development, that could be in cybersecurity, it could be anywhere, product management, UX, anywhere. Uh, I've heard the stories of these panelists and a lot and a few people in the audience and a few people have not felt comfortable to come out <laughs> in their jobs and work for major corporations in the Carolinas. That is a lot of things that Out in Tech is wanting to reverse and do it in a way of pretty much the entire talent pipeline. It could be someone that's at the, the CTO level, it could be someone that is not even in technology yet, but providing a way and some, some visual representation of someone that looks like them in order to get into technology because technology is not even the future, it's technology is now. <laughs> So being able to catch that up and be able to do a lot of the work to get this done and to provide those connections, networking is incredibly, incredibly, I don't know, I mean, networking is really the resource that's helped me get my career. Um, there's, there's, there's an easy way to identify different diversity groups based on skin color, based on a lot of things, but there's no way to identify someone that is LGBTQ unless you just talk to them. So that is really hard when it's online off of um, <clears throat> social apps that are not LinkedIn. Um, so being able to have that ability to have a safe space that um, would be for people to know that you are someone either someone that is a, an ally, someone that is actually identifying LGBTQ, or someone that is um, anywhere in between. So that's what this is. Um, I'm the chapter head. My name is Zach Anderson, if you don't know me. Um, on this side, um, outside of Out in Tech, I also run a uh, recruiting firm called Zaddy Solutions. Um, the other people that are on the leadership team, uh, Matt McKinney's here, uh, Nick Hernandez is here, Clint uh, Watson's here. They have been very uh, pivotal to getting this up and running, so thank you guys for everything you've done. Um, so for tonight, um, I wanted to actually have a conversation with four technology leaders from a company here in Charlotte that is really been born here. Um, it's not someone that just has some operations here, but like actually born here, innovative, came out of really nothing. <laughs> it was someone started with an idea and really got it there. That's what this is. I mean, that's what Out in Tech is. I mean, we're starting from thin air and we're, we're really trying to grow this. Um, I'm very impressed with the panel that Matt put together. He um, stuck his neck out to uh, invite the, the people here. Um, I've had the chance to uh, chat with um, Deshay, Manisa, uh, Nico, and also John to understand their stories, why they are um, a very good representation of Abbott Exchange, also representation of what Out in Tech should be, um, and also being people that are people, pe people that people should look up to and see the stories because they've gone through it. None, none of this is easy, but it can be done, and this is just showing the pathways that are possible. So without further ado, um, these are the panelists that we are speaking to this evening. Um, I don't want to, um, I have a little clock here and I don't want to keep rambling. Uh, so trying to keep this on a tight time schedule. Um, so I'm going, I, I know we had something a little bit structured yesterday when we did our rehearsal, but I um, want to do something a little bit fun to, to keep it a little bit more lively. Um, so the, I, I want to do like a speed round <laughs> of questions. 
a speed round of questions and then do a, a question that's directed to each one of you so you can uh, share your story and things like that. But want to keep, keep some people on their toes and be able to see how quickly they can explain what they do. So the first question and answer in 45 seconds or less, what do you do here at Abbott Exchange? Fraud. <laughs> A little bit more than that. Yeah, so I'm the director <laughs> of the Fraud Prevention and Detection Program here at Abbott Exchange, following up under information security, following up under Christina Coyne. And so uh, my team, we, we're ba basically throughout the organization, we understand what the risk areas are, and we work to put fraud controls in place to prevent us from losing money. A lot of our focus um, sits with, of course, payments. Uh, we, as an organization, we move money. We are accounts payable companies, so we are often paying our clients' bills, other vendors, and our thing is to make sure that those funds are going to the right place. And we do that through technology. <laughs> well, I am a system admin, Salesforce admin here. What's, what's your name? My name is Nico. <laughs> um, Salesforce admin here. Um, and basically, we work with the business to help define uh, system requirements and customize Salesforce um, and basically make it easy for the users to do what they need to do for their daily functions, answer any questions that they may have around Salesforce and um, basically keep things in order here. <laughs> okay. And what is uh, Salesforce for folks that don't know? Salesforce is a CRM program that we use to house all of our important information. <laughs> um, hey, what's up everybody? My name is Manisa Frazier. Uh, I am the principal application security engineer here at Avid Exchange. What I do is I partner with the software engineering teams to help make sure the code is secure, um, make sure the best practices and policies are followed to help prevent or mitigate um, potential security threats via the Abbott Exchange. Um, I also do a fair amount of work with uh, the Shea over there. What, security and fraud go together? Yeah, yeah. Um, generally <laughs> is to assess um, some of the fraud situations to see whether or not uh, the bad actor was able to do so from either social engineering or the application. And that's what I do at Abbott. Is on. She's sabotaging you. Yeah. That was a test. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Hello, I'm John Gatlin. I lead Avid Exchange's customer onboarding team. So when our sales team sells software and services um, to companies, my team takes the baton and we walk customers through a phased implementation. So I've got a team of project managers, um, implementation specialists, uh, integration consultants, uh, people that are touching using the software um, that our teams here build and ensure that customers can can get live on them and use them well. Awesome. Um, okay, so going into telling a little bit more about the story. Um, so I think the the three people on my right um, all identify as LGBT, LGBTQ. Is that plus? Uh, is plus? Is that correct? Gosh, I can't talk. Okay, and then John is the one ally out here, correct? Okay, so um, one of the discoveries I had with John yesterday was I asked him why, because he is the uh, executive sponsor of the LGBTQ meetup here. Um, and usually, the, I was like, did you have a friend? Did you have a family member? What happened that woke you up and made you passionate about that? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have an aha moment, but what was your aha moment when we finally discovered that? Yeah, so uh, growing up, my background, I would say for the first sort of half of my life, it wasn't one of um, inclusive or positive thoughts, kind of narrow. And it was through working in a job and having relationships with people that um, later came out or later came out to me. Um, it had me reflecting on like maybe why someone wouldn't come out to me as a friend like earlier. Like was, were there things that I was doing? Were there things that I was saying? Was it attitudes that I carried uh, overtly and covertly um, that ultimately um, affected that? And really through years of, of understanding 
thinking about the beauty of individuals and how things are innate to us and what's innate to me is different than what's innate to someone else and the requirement that I and we respect that. Love that. Snap through that one. <laughs> um, we love our allies, uh, so thank you, seriously. Um, so back to a, oh, so back to a speed round of questions, yeah? Hmm, let's start on this side. Um, what, what keeps technology fresh for you? So I'm an old person. Um, I still get the newspaper paper delivered to my house, right? Right? Yeah. So I used to bring her paper articles. So uh, four years ago when we started, I used to bring her like interesting articles uh, regarding information security. Um, so I get the Wall Street Journal uh, six days a week, and I, I like it in terms of um, calls out technology, it, it, it periodically has sections about the future. Let me answer this more directly. I love to read. I love to see what's in the news related to technology. Huh, what keeps me fresh? Well, uh, <laughs> considering that, you know, uh, in the security space and specifically in the discipline that I work in, we're, we're thinking oh, about people who are going to come in. Can you bring the mic a little bit closer to your mouth? Say what? Can you bring the mic a little closer to your mouth? Oh, yeah, sure. Better. Um, considering the space that I work in and generally we're thinking about like bad actors and threats, I like keeping up with cyber crimes that have happened, you know, um, around the world. Um, I, I subscribe to like CyberWire and like there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head that I kind of subscribe to and I read the different articles that come from there. Um, I find criminals fascinating. Uh, so um, I really like hearing about the interesting or dumb things that they try to do. Uh, same for me, um, just trying to stay in the know. Um, on my phone, I have my Apple News and um, make sure technology is in that, that you know, topic list. Um, making sure I'm signed up for webinars to attend sessions for, you know, wherever it may be to just stay in the know with with technology and all together. So. Where, where do you find the news for the webinars? Or is it email um, to you? Do you have to sign up for the list? Like, where do you find them? Sign up. Sometimes I, I have a boss or my parents send over things. And if it's something that interests me, I sign up to it and make sure that, you know, I'm in that mailing list. So, yeah. Thanks. For me, what keeps technology fresh? Is that right? <laughs> I would probably say one. I have an eight-year-old nephew, and he knows way more about stuff than I do. I have a husband over here who is completely tech-savvy. And just thinking about even my role that I'm in now, I have a lot of the people that uh, report up to me. They are heads and tails smarter than me when it comes to tech. And it's just interesting to see some of the stuff they come up with, because we have to prevent fraud. And we build our own tools to do it. And so when we sit and we have our little whiteboarding sessions and these folks, they come in and they're drawing out, oh, we could detect fraud by adding in this feature and we can build this out with the app. And I'm just like, okay, cool. No clue how to do it. But stuff like that does keep me on my toes. Then. I thought I was the only one that did that. Like when, when tech people say something super technical, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's cool, me. sounds good. Yeah. I'll just sit Let's do that in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so diving back into someone's story, Nico, um, your story I was very drawn to um, because you started at Abbott Exchange as a part-time payments specialist, is that right? I did. All right. And then now you're a Salesforce admin here. I am. All right. Connect the dots for me. What'd you do? Connect the dots oh, for me. So I spent several years in customer service, which is not always the most fun thing to do. <laughs> uh, but I knew I always wanted to help people. So um, actually at my previous uh, job, I kind of became the IT person, like like self-appointed help desk person. So I was like, hey, you know, I think this is what I should be doing. Um, Avid Exchange kind of fell into my lap um, and took a pay cut and everything to come in because I knew this is where I wanted to be. Um, and Salesforce, um, I just became passionate about it. And I knew that 
I didn't know at first what I wanted to do in IT, but when I came across Salesforce, I knew that it was for me, so. Okay, uh, and you got a certification, right? I'm working on the certification. I will be certified soon. Okay, uh, yes, <laughs> corrected. Um, where are you getting certified from? Um, Salesforce, they have a um, like website I can uh, go okay. in and take it online. I can go and take it in person, uh, take the test, so. Okay, do you, go, do you do it online or do you go to the actual campus or what do you do? Um, so when I actually came across a program through Goodwill who offered it for free, um, so I actually went into campus there, um, just learn the basics of Salesforce, um, how to create users, how to create validation rules, workflow rules. Um, so then I was able to bring that knowledge here um, and actually helped me get the role that I had prior to this, which introduced me a little bit more into Salesforce. So. Nice. Okay. Okay. Back to the rapid blitz round, 45 seconds or less. Um, if you could do something else in technology, what would you do? And no more one word answers, answers to Shay. I think I know. So if I could do something else, I would definitely do software development, engineering or something like that. Something that I know I can never achieve. <laughs> <laughs> Way beyond my skill set, but that would be amazing because I would just sit and make apps all day. I had to go with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I've been a software developer, so y'all can have that. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, gosh, and actually, I would like to do fraud. Since our fraud team, you know, is very yeah, switch it up. Let's 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 trade. Are you interviewing right now? <laughs> what was that? Was that an interview? Yeah, I feel like that was an offhanded interview. How about yourself? Coding. I used to code as a hobby. I used to code as a job. I was, we called them programmers back in the day, but uh, that's absolutely what I would do. What was your... Uh, I feel your support. What, what kind of languages were you coding in? So a long, long time ago, um, before Windows and Macs were even around, um, <laughs> as a kid, I took programming classes, and that was not mainstream uh, back in the 80s. Um, basic. Okay. Before Visual Basic. Okay. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, let's dive into someone else's story. Um, Manisa, uh, I didn't tell you this, but I used to play rugby as well, like you do. Yeah. What was your position? I don't know. I didn't play long enough. It was literally for like a week. Oh. You I played soccer for a very long time, though. Okay, uh, dang. Never I mind. was left, left full back in soccer. Connection gone, ability. sorry. We're going to have to find something else. It's okay. Uh, but, <laughs> so you were the only one on the panel that actually went to school for uh, for computer science, correct? Yep. And where'd you graduate from? Uh, Winthrop University, which is like 20 minutes across the state line. Yep. Nice. Um, how did you find computer science? At such, at such a young age, you didn't find it later in life. Like, how'd you find it initially? Um, I would say that for me, it was almost a natural progression for just my interests. So as a kid, I was that kid who took apart everything in the house. So it was a lot of encouragement for my family to be in something engineering or otherwise the destruction I caused in the house was for naught. Um, and eventually it became computing because of like a good family friend of ours. He was big into gaming and built PCs. And I thought that was really cool. So I started doing it too. I was also that kid who caused a lot of problems in school. Like I learned how to like, I got some code off the internet once to like crack passwords, like like using like a flash drive. And I got into like the admin's computer. I thought I was so cool hacking uh, before I even realized that was what I was doing. So um, eventually I was like, you know, I want to do computer science. Um, initially it was going to be computer engineering, but then I was like, I like math, but I'm not that committed to math. So I switched to computer science um, and um, ended up at Winthrop for that. Nice. I don't blame you. <laughs> nice. Uh, so what, I guess, what languages did you graduate with? Did, was it Java? Was I, I'm not sure what you graduated in. So my visceral reaction to development is completely related to the languages I learned in college. So I did C++, uh, Pascal, Cobalt, um, and Fortran. Ooh. So I was like, this is misery. Why would anyone want to do this? Um, and 
that is what I came out of college with. We did Java for one semester. That was the entry level. They were like, oh, intro to programming, you know, hello world, you know, print lin, it, it is super cool. I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. Second semester, C++. I'm like, what, what, why are we, what is this? Uh, you go from like convenience to like crazy town. And I was like, nah, this is all right. I'm going to be a sysadmin out of college. And that's what I was initially. Um, I did Linux administration and I also managed like uh, physical security for my uh, previous employer. So I was not going to do development. Somehow I got coerced into that here, um, working at Avid. <laughs> Sorry, you're entertaining. Um, uh, so what uh, what got you back in development? What since you were sysadmin at first, what what got you back into it? Because you work for Matt now, is that right? Okay. Yeah, I work for Matt now. So um, when I first got hired at Avid Exchange, I was actually in a, on a on the team, on one of the teams that's actually under John Gatlin, I was an integration specialist. So uh, back in the day, like 2013, I've been at Avid for almost nine years. That role was a lot more like technical hybrid than it is today. Today it's very clearly defined, but back then it was like, oh, you know how to code? Well, cool, we need you to build this thing, right? And it's like, what? Um, and we need this thing over here. Yeah, cool, get, can you get that done in a week? It was kind of, it was, you kind of were in a spot where you got to kind of flex your client facing skills and also kind of stretch your wings out in development. Avid is a .NET shop. I knew nothing about .NET. I had a C++ background, so I had to learn .NET uh, on the fly here. And I was like, oh, .NET's not too bad. And so for my, uh, the manager I had at the time, he was like, oh, you're pretty good at this. You sure you don't want to be a developer? And I was kind of tired of talking to customers, so I said, okay. Um, so that's how I ended up getting into software engineering. And while I was there, um, I kind of rekindled my love for security. Because um, I mentioned before, I did some, you know, script kitty kind of stuff, hacking into people's computers with like flash drives, trying to steal passwords. And I was like, oh, I really want to do this. And when the security team kind of built up, I kind of made those connections to end up where I'm at now. Do the non-technical people need a translation? Anybody? We good? Okay. Just making sure. My bad. <laughs> it's all good. I, I live between two worlds. <laughs> Um, so going back to college, um, you, you graduated in the early 2000s, right? Like 2010, 2011? Yeah, 2011. Okay. How many women were in your class when you graduated? For comp sci, maybe two, but CIS was almost 50-50. And just perspective, I know CIS is different in every school as computer information systems. At Winthrop, is only a four-course difference. So pretty much anyone who was CIS just didn't want to do the capstone project. That's really was it. Um, but in comps, and, but in CIS, there were a lot more women. But in C like a CS, it was like me and one other girl who made it through. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's better than uh, some of the stories I've heard, uh, especially like low low representation for females in technology. So good for Winthrop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, another rapid fire question. Um, what would you tell the 22 year old version of yourself? But would be in 2022 right now? Like if you were 22 in 2022, what would your advice be to them right now? Nico. That's a good question. Um, you don't have to know everything about everything. I like that. Um, I think a lot of times we get in our own way because we feel like we have to know everything um, when life and everything around us is always a learning experience, so. Okay, Nico. What you're going through right now is temporary. Everybody goes through struggles, and these struggles are the building blocks for your success. What you're going through now will make you more successful in the future. Yeah. John? How you treat people is what matters most. Go closer. Sorry. How you treat people is what matters most, like relationships. All the other stuff's important, but like relationships and how you treat people, that's really what persists. To say more than one word? Uh, <laughs> Not fraud. Not fraud. Okay. <laughs> I would say two things, really. I would say one is um, don't shy away from uh, building relationships. That's been really one of my keys to success here at Avid Exchange. But two is um, fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> I swear by that. It kind of plays um, with the confidence, too. So. <laughs> Um, one more rapid fire question. Um, how do you network these days? In the digital age, how do you network? How do you meet new people? How do you find out things about people other than sitting on a panel with me? 
LinkedIn, like engage, respond to people that reach out to you, reach out to other people. Nice. If they ignore you, who cares? <laughs> so have an update LinkedIn profile, okay? Love it. Oh, that's true. I'm really big on in-personal, in-person connection. I'm an extreme extrovert. That's how we ended up at Avid Exchange, really. I had met a, one of the guys that was working here at a networking event, just talking by the donut table and uh, conversations flowed and I ended up here at Avid Exchange. So that's me in person. What kind of networking event was it? It was a pitch breakfast. I don't know if y'all been to that before and I don't know if Charlotte still has it, but a few years ago they used to have a pitch breakfast on Wednesdays. You would go to at the, at the Packard place and different yeah. small companies or owners of whatever business, they would come, pitch their product, and people would judge you and say, hey, this is what you can work on, or whatever the case may be. So I, I love stuff like that. I'm thinking Shark Tank in the back of my head, so that's why I went. But there, I got the opportunity to meet a lot of people. So. If anyone knows me, they know that I am an introvert to the core. <laughs> um, so I actually use these events to network. Um, any type of event that I can go to, whether it's here, you know, Time Out Tuesday, or um, I, I use apps like Meetups, you know, to meet with people, other Salesforce people to learn new things. So um, honestly, I heard any, that any type meet of meetup. Yeah, Meetup. It's oh. open. It still works. It works. <laughs> so, so things like that. So just to continue to keep myself out there. Love it. Contrary to popular belief, I am an extreme introvert as well. So I feel you, Nico. I am more than okay being home in a dark room with a computer screen doing God knows what. Um, but um, I've been trying to do more like kind of engagement like these and trying to network. Um, I'm comfortable with just like talking to an individual in real life. I'm bad at social media. I don't really have any. Um, I have a LinkedIn and I kind of forget that it's there from time to time. Um, so yeah, this is the type of things that I, I enjoy if I'm going to interact with people. I'd rather just be in real person, like in person and touching people and stuff. <laughs> with consent. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for those both those rapid fire questions. Um, so back to a personal story. Um, so I think I, I think I already said this, but I want to reiterate everybody on the panel was educated in North Carolina, different ways of getting into technology. Uh, Manisa uh, went to college for it. She was tearing apart VCRs and all that kind of stuff growing up. Uh, Nico uh, was able to find her way into it as well through Avid Exchange. Um, John has just old school coder and just kind of found his way into it as well. Deshay, was a story that I found very compelling because you graduated college with a, a law degree and you went to a North Carolina HBCU, North Carolina Central? Yep. Okay. Um, how did that happen to get to, to technology? Attorney yeah. to fraud to technology. Well, so it was 2008, the financial meltdown. I got laid off and I had to figure something doing my life. So I ended up going back to school. I went to North Carolina Central University for my bachelor's. And then I said, might as well go back again for my law degree. And at the time, I was like really pumped about this whole Obama thing. So I was like, oh, maybe I can be a lawyer like he was. So that was that was my idea, but it didn't work out. Second semester, I was just like, I'm not going to practice at all, actually. And I'm probably going to go back to working for the banks. Um, but anywho, it, my, my fraud background actually started, I used to work for the IRS. I was a special agent fresh out of college. So I've always had like, a, <laughs> I always had that fraud background and um, just looking for employment after law school, I kind of fumbled my way back into the AML uh, anti-money laundering space. Uh, ally initially and then kind of made my way over to Wells Fargo, then have an exchange. Okay. Um, and the technology underbelly of that is? So, <laughs> mostly my background when it came to fraud has been operational, but I, a little, when I was at Time Warner Cable, we had like this uh, system and it was basically, it was LavaStorm, that was the system. And it basically compiled data across the whole organization into one place. And we would kind of use it to detect anomalies and trends and things like that. So that's where it initially started. But it kind of got kicked up six notches coming here to Avid Exchange, where again, 
we built our tools from scratch and we have a couple folks on the team that's really good at it. Um, so I have a basic level understanding of SQL, but I've been able to, you know, just kind of understand what my team does and incorporate that into our fraud structure. So. And to translate why that's important, um, instead of people just pulling random data out of a system, which takes a lot of human effort, what uh, Deshay and his team and a lot, a lot of what they do is they use a, a scripting language called Python that actually automates a lot of that. So you can have one person doing a bunch of people's jobs just by using technology in order to make that happen. How that protects you is it actually will able, be able to detect fraud happening just by predictive analytics before a human can do it. So you're able to save money, you're able to actually be able to be safer, and that's what the Shay's team does. And we're able to keep the team extremely small. So instead of having a team of 40, we have a team of three. So yeah, it works. Okay. Um, rapid fire questions again. Let me go back to my, my list. Um, did you identify, or did you come out at work prior to working at App Exchange? Never. I am good and old. I'm almost 40-ish. <laughs> and I've never come out at work. So Avid Exchange was the first place. And it's really because of the people, really. Like Christina, um, my boss, Alan. Folks are really open here. And, you know, most of my career was in banking. Very regulatory, very snooty. And I was like, I'm not dealing with these people. Come here. They're friendly. I talked to these people outside of work, and I was like, well, hell, everybody else's friends. I might as well open up and let them into my, into my world as well. So they got to meet Omar, and everybody's pretty much falling in love with him instead of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself? You can probably tell by the way I dress, so it's always totally on, totally on me, so. But... Be, but actually being able to be comfortable to um, talk know, about it? You know, I've always been a person that I'm going to be comfortable regardless of where I am. And it just so happened that Avid is just the perfect place to, you know, to, to live that out. You know, I've since walking in the door the first day, never had any issue with anyone, never had even a dirty look. You know, it's just, it's just perfect. So. Um, how important as far as your overall um, mental health and being able to uh, use your, the energy that you have? You said you're an introvert, um, and you, you said you're an introvert as well. Um, I can imagine it would be a lot of energy to hide yourself or be able to like not be able to be who you are. Is that important to you to, to be able to Absolutely. do you like save energy because you don't have to worry about looking over your shoulder? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you should be able to be who you, who you are wherever you go, you know? So, and, and to come to the place where you're employed to be around people. And I like to call all these people, my family, so, you know, to be around family. Um, it just feels good. Perfect. Awesome. Um, well, those are most of my questions. We went through that really quickly. I blamed to Shay because it was word, one word answers. Um, <laughs> Ty, would you like to come down here and say your piece? So Ty Chandler is the leader of DEI here at Abbott Exchange. Um, I am wanting her to talk about the culture and everything here at Abbott Exchange. We've had four people up here talk about it, but she's the one that puts a lot of the policies and things in place. So why don't you surrender the mic? Hello, hey. Um, so glad to see you guys joining us. I'm Ty Chandler, Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging Lead here at Avid Exchange. By the way, this one right here, we started on the same day back in April of 2019. 2019. Yeah. Trying to make a same, you know, we came in and pretended like we knew what was going on and realized very quickly we knew nothing. So. <laughs> but also, too, I remember that experience with both of us coming from very different organizations um, from Avid Exchange, being there and going through that orientation and that welcome moment. I think both of us were kind of like, huh, right? That's different. It's different. I said that immediately, like the day of orientation, I, I was like, oh, this is different for me. I was like, you could feel the vibe, like people were really interested in you. Like I made like friends very quickly, like you and a couple of other folks sitting next to me. Well, let's go. It was different than what I was used to. So. 
Definitely. And so I think that um, that was once we got past that adjustment of, wow, this is different. We can bring ourselves. We can show up at work a little bit differently. Once we were able to kind of recognize that, I think that's for me what really sparked my interest in diversity and inclusion. And I'm the first full time diversity, inclusion and belonging lead here at Avid Exchange. And what's really been exciting about that journey is, how, is seeing how many teammates have been, I guess, just inspired to take a leadership role in that journey, because that's what we think of it as. It is a journey. Um, there's a lot of work to get to that point where people can be authentic and feel comfortable with their family at work, as Nico mentioned, right? And so as we work towards that, we have had more and more teammates, you know, come up and we call them teammates because we're all a team. We've had more and more teammates get, you know, step up and be a part of that journey. We've had executives and leaders step up to say, I'm going to be an ally. John Gatlin is the executive sponsor of our LGBTQ plus meetup, which is an employee resource group for our LGBTQ plus um, teammates as well as allies. This is what we do here. We're trying to make sure that teammates feel like they can be as authentic as possible in the workplace, but also too, we wanna make sure that we are elevating and highlighting the voices and experiences of teammates, regardless of their background. That way we can connect across culture, across difference, across identity, and that is something that we work towards on a regular basis, which is why it was so important for us to be able to be here today and, and support out in tech. And one of the founders of this chapter is an avid exer. So when he came to me and said, hey, we want to do this, this wasn't, this wasn't like, oh, we can't do this. This was, hey, this sounds like a great event. Matt, let's work with you. Let's get to meet the rest of the out in tech team. And so I think that speaks a little bit to our culture here at Avid Exchange, that we are working to... Um, to really um, create a space where everyone can feel safe, can feel authentic, can bring as much of their selves to work on a regular basis, don't have to spend years hiding uh, who they are, um, don't have to spend years, you know, or energy, you know, pretending to be um, someone they're not. So I know that Deshae did say fake it till you make it, but I think that's, that's more so on the, <laughs> I think that's more so on like, well, you know, sometimes you don't know a skill and sometimes you want to fake it so that you can get that opportunity to grow, but not fake who you are, not fake who you are. Because if you are, you know, bringing a, you know, a, a, a censored version of yourself, then we don't get to benefit from all the, the diverse ideas and perspectives and experiences that you could bring to the table. When we're having a conversation about how we can solve a complex problem and we're, looking for diverse ideas and perspectives, but you are wearing a mask and you are repeating what everyone else is saying in the room, then the diversity that we were hoping to benefit from by having all of these different people there, we don't get. So we are a place where we are striving every single day to create an environment where teammates can feel like, you know, my diverse ideas, my perspectives, my experiences are valued. And so, as I said, it's a journey. I'm not gonna sit there and say everything is solved today, but we are actively and intentionally working on this every single day. Do you have any questions? <laughs> Deanna, do you wanna do the recruiting plug? Like how someone, do you wanna you want do it? You want Ty to do it? Okay, so. Well, we also plug. have Deanna Seed, who is one of, who is our talent acquisition program manager Avid Exchange is hiring, by the way. So if you're joining us on the call or if you're joining us in person, please, please, please consider applying. We have a number of positions that are open, especially some technology positions. I'm sure you can would love to work with these individuals here. They are, I mean, especially, I know Manisa was keeping you on your toes. So I know you want, I know you want to work with her, right? <laughs> so... So yes, we definitely have opportunities and also to even for your development, thinking about Nico's story about how she was able to take some courses. A few weeks ago, I was in a Power BI course. I think I saw you there. That was a free course provided by Avid Exchange. We went to CPCC and we learned a little bit more Power BI. I'm trying to get better with data. So I was like, oh, let me try this because I look at Power BI and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And 
I see Nico in the course. So she is constantly using some of the opportunities that we have here to learn and to grow. So we do offer a lot of free courses um, through our partnerships with different organizations like such as CPCC. We also have $5,200 a year in tuition reimbursement. So if you're looking to continue to grow, go to a four-year college, a two-year school, or get a certification, Abbott Exchange can cover that $5,200 a year. So with that being said, head to our website, go to the careers page, apply, go to our LinkedIn page. There's lots of jobs there. Reach out to myself, Ty Chandler, Shay Spurgeon, Nico Broom, Manisa Frazier, John Gatlin. Reach out to all of us on LinkedIn, add us. Okay, we'll let you know about openings and join our team. And before we get off that, I do want to bring a story that you told yesterday about how you have a career path on your team with customer solutions to be able to bring people that could either be part-time or someone that might be just junior and to be able to find a pathway and have them learn different skills. And there's a lot of different, a lot of different areas on your team that you can help develop somebody. Do you want to give some color to that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It's, um... My team, but other teams at Avid Exchange, we have uh, yours in particular. Yeah, there, there are lots of opportunities for different roles that um, support like what Nico described, where you can come in, come in with lesser technical skills, not firsthand direct experience uh, using software, working with software. Uh, and there's some roles like the implementation specialist role on my team um, that affords that. We have a track record of hiring people that aren't technologists that come in that are have good customer skills, good critical thinking skills, a desire to learn, um, desire to be organized, desire to work as a team. Um, and those are the type of people that can go through training and with experiences and exposure, um, develop technical skills um, that can contrib contribute uh, in customer facing roles that rely on technology, but also it's a stepping board um, to move into other, either more technical roles, like roles in Manisa's world, um, or even just to grow in, cr in customer facing roles, moving to project management. And the beauty of customer facing project management is you can start there, develop your project management competencies, and even move into project management in the technical space and software development life cycle. So, like when you get in the door and you choose to come in the door with the skills that you have and you choose to engage like Nico did, like the sky's the limit. Awesome. So we have about 15 minutes left. Does anybody from the audience have any questions that they want to ask anybody? Again, I'll repeat, thank you, Cameron Musler from Nova Health. Thank you for hosting us for the inaugural Out in Tech event. We look forward to seeing you at Nova Health. So the situation is, in the industry, we know that the more personalized we can be with consumers, the more that they will resonate with us. They'll respond if we can treat them when and where they are at and who they are. So my question goes to our Salesforce admin. How is Avid Exchange meeting consumers or your clients with who they are? Are you all taking into account pronouns? How are you um, incorporating um, LGBTQ personalization to deliver a more personalized experience with your all's products? So with our technology, I think as we continue to grow in our diversity, inclusion, belonging journey, we are looking how looking at ways to leverage our technology more to be more inclusive in how we um, are engaging with our customers. Um, we are still only a few years on this journey, and so a lot of our work has been very much internal and supporting the growth and development of our teammates as well as um, the safe space that we're looking to create here. Um, but we also, too, think of, you know, you know, our customers as our family. And so there's still an opportunity for us to continue to grow there and leverage our existing um, technology um, in order to, uh, to support that. Thank you. I love that idea because ultimately when you think about coding, you think about things in a binary, zero and one. But we know that as a society that we're non-binary. So this 
idea of you incorporating people as a family, I think is really key to driving success in the tech industry. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Deanna. Um, one, I just wanted to thank the panelists for coming out. Um, I learned a lot, so thank you for sharing. Um, for everyone else, my name is Chastity Wickware, and I support learning and leadership development for leaders across the enterprise. So I see a few of my leaders in the crowd today, which is great. Um, but I wanted to ask the panelists, as a person who facilitates a lot of learning to our leaders with a big focus on soft skills, how can I be an ally in that space and really focus on the LGBTQ plus experience? Um, and the second follow-up to that is what messaging would you like for me to send to leaders as it relates to supporting members of the community? I'll start, thanks. Yeah, Mama. So I'm trying to think about how I want to how I want to phrase this. So I think that what's important is just letting leaders realize that we're all just people, right? So like, don't try to at least at least for me personally, I think it's really awkward when someone's like, "Well, hey, you're you know, right? That's just weird. It's unnatural." Um, I, someone just focus on leaders being inviting and accepting, and not like you know, maybe imposing a specific opinion they may have on the topic, whether it's good, bad, or different, just being doors wide open. If you have a problem in your personal life and, you know, as, you know, Matt McKinney is my manager, if I'm having a problem, I can talk to him freely, despite whatever the topic may be, because he's inviting. Um, regardless of, I mean, he is, he's a part of the community as well, but regardless if he wasn't, if that were who he was as a person, just inviting, even if his personal life was completely different, it wouldn't matter because he knows here at Avid, he has to be my advocate as the employee. I think that's very important. Um, in my previous company, I was not out. Nope, wasn't gonna happen. Um, just as a, the whole place was just toxic. So um, if you deviated from just very binary, kind of like what people expect, like, oh, you're, you're a girl, you need to be like this guy, you need to be like that. That was just really what the place was. No one really kind of deviated from that. But I think just openness and willing to listen and, helping people through what they what they may be going through, whether it's at the office or even maybe being like, hey, I, I may not be a, a, a SME in this topic outside of you know work, but let me talk internally to other resources to help out to see if I can get you the help you need, I think. Anybody else have any questions? Oh, is there any questions coming? Okay. Oh, yes, if anyone uh, anybody has at home, anybody have any questions at home? We can we can find we can get the uh, questions off the uh, Zoom chat. Also, can we acknowledge um, one of the leaders of our LGBTQ plus meetup? Um, it's our employee resource group, uh, Lene Johnson, who's in the room. I know she just kind of said, "Oh," but um, but I don't know if you want to say a few words. I know that she she's she's. Look, she's looking at me, but I'm just saying that, um, you know, one of the things that um, she's doing is trying to make sure that that community feels strong here in Avid Exchange and has a voice, but also to um, give a space for allies to join and to support. And so she's been working with John Gatlin, who, again, is the executive sponsor. But as a as a leader of this group, a teammate who just stepped up, these are teammate led groups. Um, again, she's actively working to be. Uh, to make sure that that community is strong and heard and seen. Um, Lene, did you want to share anything? Hello. Um, so I just joined, um, I just joined the leadership group a couple months ago. Jason Odom, he is based in Florida. Um, so he's in charge of most of it. We're a team, let me say that, because we're teammates, right? Um, so when we partner with Out in Tech, this was something that um, we wanted to do to just make everyone feel included, inclusive, if, if that's the word. 
Um, so in our group, we do welcome allies. Um, and with John being our executive sponsor, some people join because they don't know about our community to get education. And that's really what we're about. We're about making people who are part of the community feel comfortable and then also helping people who don't understand, understand. So, um, and thank you all for being here. Awesome. That? Yeah, I'm just waiting for someone to give us any questions, any attendees that want to ask any questions. I know there's 11 people on here. We have about five more minutes. Speak now or forever hold your peace until we do something else. Okay. Um, I think that about does it. I don't see anybody coming in. Um, I very much want to thank everybody for being here. Um, this actually went off way better than I thought it was going to because this is our first event. So thank you, Bobby, for doing this. Um, also, Keith Johnson, who's the AB person here. Thank you, everybody that's on the panel for trusting me to do this. Um, I, I know this is not an easy thing to talk about um, in such an open space, especially for introverts and also for someone that's shy. Um, so thank you so much for entrusting this. And I'm, I'm hoping this is the first step to doing a lot more of these talks because visibility in this space is what is needed in order for more people to join. So your story does impact people. I hope you know that. So, and everybody else that um, came from Atlanta and everybody everywhere else to be here. Um, thank you so much and uh, thank you. Zach, can I, can, I, can I steal your rapid fire? Sure. Rapid fire question, what does it mean? You know, one word, I know sometimes they like to close meetings with one word. One word, what does it mean to be out in tech? hear the whole thing. Uh, what does it mean to be out in tech? Oh, um, so it's liberating for me. That's a good word. I have to say um, free. Badass. <laughs> Supported. Visible. Open it and just close everything off. Um, okay. Um, did that just shut everything off? My bad. Huh? Huh? I think it did. Hold on. That's a wrap. Thank you. <laughs>